Hello, this is David, and welcome to Skeptics and Seekers Supplemental Number Five. This is going to be the second feedback edition that we do, and um, I love me some user feedback. So you may wonder why I do these special feedback shows instead of just being content to read the feedback during the regular weekly show. Well, We've been getting a lot more feedback than I expected us to get, and so thank you for for all of the feedback uh, and attention you've paid to the site, the, the great discussions on the board. In fact, we've got so many people uh, discussing things uh, on Skeptics and Seekers. You can find those discussions at uh, skepticsandseekers.wordpress.com. We've got so many people uh, in there. It's starting to become a community. Now, I don't, I don't know that I would call it a community just yet. That's a little bit too grandiose. But we've got the makings uh, of a very interesting community, and it's a great time to become a part of it, getting on the ground floor. Uh, and so we've, we've got a lot of uh, comments coming in. If we put it uh, at the end of every show, it would, it would just make for much, much longer shows. And I think that one of the things that makes the shows uh, the conversations between Dell and I, uh, as as good as they are, is that we just take the time uh, with the issues that we need to take, and we we allow the conversations to go where they will. And the more focus we have to put on the clock, the more constrained the conversation. The more comments we put in the shows, the more focus we have to put on the clock. And so that's kind of how that goes. Also, I don't like giving con- comments short shrift. I mean, you took the time to write something down. Uh, either in discussion with someone else or to, to uh, let me know what was on your mind. And I want to take an equal amount of time to digest uh, what you've said and, and really go over it and talk about it a little bit. And so uh, we can't really do that in the, format of the sh- in the format of the show. Another thing that you might be thinking is, well, you know, all of these comments are one-sided. They're just coming from the skeptic's uh, point of view. And maybe you'd like to know what um, Dale uh, thinks about some of these comments. Dale is free to uh, do comment shows himself. Uh, more to the point, he does uh, solo podcasts. He's been doing a Shroud series, and I've got to tell you, a lot of comments. He's been getting a lot of engagement uh, on his Shroud series. Uh, and so I suspect that uh, as as things go forward, Dale will start addressing uh, some of those comments on the Shroud series within the Shroud series and the things that he does there. And comments that somehow uh, get left behind that don't make it in the Shroud series and that don't make it in the feedback edition, we will still uh, you know, take some time from time to time to read comments out. Uh, on the regular show. We have a lot of shows, uh, specials and things like that. And so there are opportunities to get there. But these feedback shows are just my way of uh, giving back to the community a little bit and just letting you know I- I'm listening. I, I read them all. Uh, I think about them all. I try to digest them. Uh, today, we're not going to be dealing with any of the uh, Shroud comments. And we uh, normally, I, I would say we're not going to be dealing with um, any any comments from. Uh, there was a particular show, was supplemental number three, um, the the last feedback show. We got uh, quite a quite a few comments from that, uh, and some conversations uh, around that. And I want to do a special uh, show just just for some of those comments. Dale got into. Uh, a lot of conversation because a lot of those comments were about uh, what 
he and Joyce uh, had talked about. Now there's some other conversations around that that are equally interesting. And so if you enjoyed that first uh, feedback show, I think that you'll enjoy uh, one where we focus specifically on those comments. And I might even uh, enlist Dale to do that show since a lot of those are around things that he had to say. So if you uh, made some comments uh, around that show and they don't make it into this show, don't worry, they are going to make it into something. Um, and so it's, it's, it's on deck. We, we haven't missed your comment. Uh, it, just, it just didn't make it into this particular comment show. Also, don't worry, we'll be doing these comment shows every few days. It takes a little while for me to, to, to do one of these and then do the edits and all that because I'm doing all the edits on the website and so forth. And so I've got to, I've got to balance that with actual work and stuff. So, uh, it's coming. Uh, I'm going to try to do a couple of these, uh, uh, supplementals every week. It may not happen. I may only get to do one of them every week, but we're going to, we're going to do them on a regular basis. And so if you've made a comment, uh, or you, you feel like there are a lot of comments in a particular, uh, episode, uh, or a particular blog that, that I'm not talking about, I'm probably preparing a comment show just for that uh, topic or just for that show. So uh, don't worry, it's coming, and thanks for the feedback. Uh, keep it coming. Just a, a quick announcement before I dive in, uh, and I'll probably mention this on, on the regular show when we, when we record another one, Dale and I. Um, Dale is getting a new microphone because... His his audio doesn't sound very good. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not trying to be harsh. It just doesn't sound good. He's he's using uh, the built-in microphone in his laptop, and so I recognize that his audio doesn't sound the same as my audio. It's not it's not as clean. There's a lot of room noise uh, and and things like that. So I am going to. Uh, be getting Dale a, a microphone. In fact, it, it's not so much that Dale is getting a new microphone. I'm going to give Dale my, microso- my, my microphone. And so if you like my audio, Dale uh, should start having similar audio in a couple of weeks. And I'll be getting a new, new microphone that's almost exactly like this microphone. So we're going we're gonna to try to make the audio better because, you know, we appreciate you listening to us and sticking with us. But, um, after, after 10 or 11 episodes, it, this seems like something that we're going to keep doing. And I think it's worth investing, uh, a little bit, uh, in that. So, uh, Dale's audio is going to start sounding better soon. However, his arguments aren't going to be any better. They will just sound better to your ear when you hear them. They will be the same bad arguments as always. <laughs> so um, I I can't imagine Dale will want to come in on that. So we'll just move on. But I, I do want to let you know that the audio quality of the podcast will uh, be enhancing in the course of the next few weeks. Uh, it'll take a little while to get, get all the things set up properly, but it's coming. So uh, if you've if you've got some issues with the audio, uh, we hear you, and uh, we're sorting them out. So with that, let's uh, let's dive right in. I want to I want to start with a comment from Lisa. Now Lisa got in touch with me a few weeks ago, 
uh, actually, and I just I'm I'm just now getting around to this comment, but uh, I want Lisa to know that um, I really appreciated her comment, and I wanted to take a little bit of time uh, to th- to think about excuse me some of what uh, she said. By the way, if you send me a comment and I don't get right uh, back to you right away, it's probably not that I didn't see it, and it's certainly not that I didn't think it was worthwhile. Uh, a, I'm pretty busy, but I but I want to get back to you. And two, I want to think about it a little bit uh, and and mull over uh, what what you have to say. And in this case, this was one that I I just wanted to take a little bit of time to think about because I want to take a little bit of time to talk about it. So uh, with that, Lisa says, longtime fan of your work. Uh, just just right there, some of you might be a little bit of, uh, confused because you're thinking, well, Skeptics and Seekers, that's only been around for uh, a few weeks, maybe a couple of months uh, total. Can't be a longtime fan. However, I've been on the internet for a little while, and uh, I've been running a blog called Beyond Religion. Now, I did not put the website in the notes. I'll put it in the show notes. I don't exactly remember the URL. <laughs> it's my own site. I haven't looked at the URL in a long time, though. Um, and I haven't uh, updated the site in a little while, but I was keeping up with it pretty regularly uh, after I declared to myself and a few other people that, that I had finally lost faith. And so I was exploring out loud what it meant to go beyond religion. And so I've got a few years worth of posts there, and uh, some of them are pretty good. And so if you want to get to know... Uh, how I was thinking uh, six, seven, eight years ago, Beyond Religion is one of those places to go. Now, I don't think that that's where she found my work, but if you if you want to know where I've been on the internet all this time, that's one of the main places. So let me pick up with her mail again. I was once able to contact you via Unbelievable Discussion section, but I'm not sure if my follow-up information went through. So I am on the Unbelievable Discussion section. Uh, if you listen to the Unbelievable podcast, uh, you, if you look on the show page, there's a Discuss section underneath every show page, and I'm there pretty much every week. Uh, you can engage with me in discussion uh, there pretty much every week, depending on what the discussion is. You know, we're talking about all kinds of things, but uh, pop in and say howdy there. I'm, I'm usually around. Uh, and, um, however, if you want to get a message directly to me, that's not the best place to go because that's a bulletin board. It's like a, it's like a Starbucks, a bunch of people in there talking. Uh, the best place to get in touch with me these days, if you want to drop me a line and say something directly to me and not to everyone else, uh, send me an email at skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. That's skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. That'll come straight to me. Uh, She goes on to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the debate uh, featured on last week's podcast, but of course, it unfortunately came to an end soon. Well, the time does go, uh, it does go fast on those podcasts, but I got to tell you, when it was over, I was kind of glad. It was like running a, uh, running a sprint. Uh, And it's, uh, it's tough. It's tougher than it seems. Uh, we did talk a, a little bit about the behind the scenes uh, on Unbelievable on the show page where that podcast is. And so if you want to see some behind the scenes, there there are 
there's a, I want to say a three part series, maybe a four part series uh, on the behind the scenes, the making of the book, still unbelievable. And then part four uh, is one that I wrote uh, and I called it Showtime. And I talked specifically about the lead up to the podcast and uh, what it was like to do the podcast. And so if you want to catch up with some of that, you can. But I can assure you that as fast as the time went, there was a, a big part of me that was really relieved when it was over. <laughs> so uh, it was very nerve wracking, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I'd love to do it again, but it's a lot harder than it seems. Uh, so she uh, goes on to say, I have a ton of questions uh, as well as unique ideas. I would like to bounce off you regarding the African-American experience in agnosticism. She did uh, tell me to free field, uh, feel free to contact her directly, and I have done so. I hope to uh, have some more exchanges uh, with Lisa in the future because this is a subject that's really important. I don't feel comfortable talking about race issues in public these days. I used to do a ministry when I was uh, a part of the church um, called One Faith Ministry, and I focused on race relations in the church. That was my... That was my primary focus. So I am uh, familiar with race issues, and I've, I've talked about it publicly a lot. But I, it's, it's not a comfortable subject uh, in these United States. Uh, I don't know how it is in other countries. Uh, and for most of the time I've been in the U.S., I've lived in the American South. I've lived in Alabama. It's not a, it's not a, very, un, uh, it's not a very comfortable subject. Uh, so race and agnosticism, uh, as she says, I'm just going to say atheism, is, is a big thing. And I would say that there is a major difference in experience, depending on race. Uh, a- atheism is, is, a, is a difficult enough thing to deal with. Atheism and being a racial minority is, is harder. So I want to I want to uh, just take a few moments to talk about what I mean and uh, to give you some idea of what Lisa uh, might have in mind when she talks about some uh, ideas about African American experience of, of agnosticism. Uh, in fact, I say atheism. From from this point, I'm going to say atheism. And I think I'd, I just want to start by talking about the difference between agnosticism and atheism. So I'm one of those people who doesn't believe that there's a difference. Not really. I mean, I know that technically there's a difference between agnosticism and atheism. Agnosticism is uh, saying that you do not know if there is a God. You don't have enough knowledge to press the God question further. So maybe there is, maybe there isn't but you don't have the knowledge to say for sure one way or the other. Now that's, uh, it, we can add some nuance and we can say that that's a soft agnosticism. A hard agnosticism would be the next step in saying we cannot know whether there's a God or not. So soft agnosticism, we do not know or I do not know. But a hard agnosticism is we cannot know. But it's, it's all about whether you know there's a God or not. And so that's, 
that's agnosticism, wherever you happen to fall on that range. Atheism is um, slightly different uh, if we're if we're just being technical. Theism uh, is with regard to a god, and atheism is without regard to a god. So um, a little bit like morality. Morality, uh, if if a if an issue falls in uh, the moral spectrum, we would call it a moral issue. And if it doesn't fall into the moral spectrum, do you eat chocolate ice cream versus vanilla? That's not a, really a moral um, issue. That would be an amoral uh, consideration. Uh, and we would say that some creatures are amoral. So we would say that human beings are moral creatures and that we are capable of making moral decisions. We would say that animals are amoral and not that they're immoral, but that they're amoral and that they behave without regard to, without regard to morality. That's theism. So uh, theism is uh, acting or behaving or living without regard to a god. It's not anti-theism. Uh, which would be uh, opposing a god. It's it's just atheism. Uh, god doesn't doesn't really come into the picture. Now uh, breaking it down a little bit uh, further, a soft atheist uh, is someone who would say, "Well, I'm not convinced that there's a god. So I've I've heard your arguments, and it didn't convince me. I just I'm." I'm not convinced that there's a God. It's not a statement that there is no God. It's just a statement that I haven't heard an argument that convinces me of such. And so until I've heard such an argument, I'm going to live without regard uh, to theism in my life because I, I'm not convinced that it's uh, correct. That is, that is, I think, the most common form of atheism and when people say that they're atheists, I think that's mostly what they mean. But there is a harder form of atheism, just like there's a harder form of agnosticism. The harder form of atheism is, I believe that there is no God. I make a, I make a positive belief that after, after looking into it and looking at the evidences, I think that there is no God. And then you can say there's maybe even a harder atheism that says there can be no God. So I, I'm, I'm putting all of that out there to just show you. I do understand the technical differences, but on a practical level, I would argue that there is no difference between agnosticism and atheism, at least from the Christian's perspective, because I was a Christian for most of my life. And so I can tell you that from my perspective, if, if a person said that they were agnostic, that did not buy them any brownie points for me, because even the softest agnostic is still not a God worshiper. They still do not believe in your God. Now, they might say they're not sure if your God exists or not, but it doesn't matter. They're not sure your God exists, so they don't have a positive belief in your God. And that's, uh, in all practical terms, the same as atheism. Uh, and so I, th I go into this definition, these distinctions, because I think a lot of people uh, identify as agnostic when they really are atheists. I think agnosticism is a form of atheist cowardice. 
<laughs> if, if you will. So maybe not all of it, but I think a lot of it is. Because they want to use a word and present a face that's less harsh and that opens them up to less criticism. And so not, not a lot of people want to just come out and say, I'm an atheist. More people are more comfortable with saying, well, I'm, I'm agnostic on the subject. And, and they think that that gets them out of some of the line of fire. And, and maybe it does. The, the word atheist has become uh, kind of a swear word in our society. Uh, I, was, I was reading an article a few months ago uh, that showed more people uh, or people trusted rapists more than they trusted atheists. Atheists least trusted demographic of people in society. Um, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. So there are reasons, there are social reasons that a person doesn't want to come out and say that they are atheist. They, they also don't want to pretend like they believe in God, but they don't want to say that they're atheists. And so agnostic becomes that, that word. So when you add race into this thing, I'm I'm just going to make some, some, comments that maybe I don't support right now. If we, if we talked for two or three hours on race, maybe I could support some of it. But I, I will just say, speaking from my experience as a Southern U.S. male, uh, being African-American is a mark against you in, in this society. I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that can't be overcome. But it is something that needs to be overcome. Even now, it, it's still something that needs to be overcome. I'm going to interrupt myself again. Uh, the term African-American, I tend not to use this term. Uh, so African-American versus black. I simply say black, a black person. I'm a black man. I don't, I don't identify as an African-American man. I am not suggesting that it is wrong to use African-American. If that's what you're comfortable with, that's what you should use. Let me just take a minute and explain why I don't use it before getting back to my uh, main topic. Uh, I'm not African. I'm not of immediate African uh, descent. If you trace my heritage back far enough to the people that uh, came to this country or were more likely brought to this country at the bottom of some stinking hellhole of a boat... Uh, they likely came from Africa. That's not the only option. There are other uh, Americans here uh, who are black who didn't come from Africa. That's that's not the only source of black people in the world. Um, But even assuming that my heritage takes me, uh, takes some of my ancestors to Africa, I am not African. I've never been to Africa. I don't know any of my immediate relatives who have been to Africa. Um, I don't particularly want to go to Africa. Uh, and so I don't, I don't identify with Africa at all in that way. And as far as being American, well, I am an American, but there's something almost, um, I'm not sure what the right word is, but it diminishes your American status by putting American in your status. So if you think about this for a moment, a white man is just a man. If you, if, you, if you read in a book, for instance, and it describes a person as a man, the immediate picture is it's a white man. 
the author usually doesn't say white man, it's just a man. And so there are some things that are, that are kind of assumed. Um, and when we say that a person is an American and we're talking about a white person, we don't say that they're a white American. White American is not a term. Um, we don't, we don't talk about European American to describe uh, all white people or Scandinavian Americans. We, we just say that they're Americans. So to say African American, even if I did have a somewhat immediate African uh, descent, I, that somewhat puts, puts a difference as if because I'm from Africa, I have to be classified in a different way than people who are otherwise just American. Oh, I'm not just American. I'm one of those special Americans. I'm African American. I don't, I don't like that classification, and I also don't like it that I have to be called an American. Uh, I'm a black man. Uh, a white man is not a white American. They're just white. And a black man shouldn't be an African American or a black American. They're just they're just a black man. And uh, our Americanism in this country should be assumed and we shouldn't have to identify as some kind of special form of, of American or even draw out uh, the fact that we are American, even though we're black. Um, you know, if a, if a white person can just be white, a black person should just be able to be black. So uh, I'm a black man. Um, I don't consider black an insult. Um, I understand that my skin is brown, not black. But then again, a white person is... Uh, tan and not white. We can speak in terms of black and white without that being uh, insulting. And I just don't think that we need any more uh, identifiers other than that. I, I choose to be identified in the same way that any white American is identified. Uh, they're white. I'm black. That's what it is. So um, I've just digressed from that. This is why I don't really like the terms African-American and I don't like the term agnostic. And in Lisa's post, she uses both. Uh, I will be using different terms. It's not a repudiation of Lisa. It's more of uh, just how identify I identify with these issues. So that said, being a black man, that that has some points against you. There are, there are some things to overcome. I have another thing against me because I am a disabled person. I am legally blind. Uh, if you're not familiar with that term, um, it. I'm not going to try to explain it here. I'm pretty blind. I can't drive a car. I have to hold things really close to read them. Um, my my bifocals are, are make for a pretty thick pair of glasses. I use a lot of visual aids. Uh, I am legally blind. So you might you might think of me as a, a blind person with some functional vision, uh, but. That's what it is. And so the reason that these are points against you is because you need help. You need people to help you read things. You go out in public and you're trying to read a menu, even if it's just the menu at Taco Bell, you're trying to see what's new. And you see a picture and you can't, you can't tell what it is. You've got to ask for some help. Um, you, you know, if you want to get around from place to place, you want to go somewhere where there's not very good public transportation, you've got to try to find a ride. Uh, there are, you know, if when you're disabled, you're going to, you can't be completely independent as, as much as you would like to be. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a mark against you. So you're a black American, 
especially when you're living in the South, I'm no longer living in the South, I'm a black American living in uh, the South, and you're disabled, uh, you've got to rise above a lot of things, and you've got to be the kind of person that people are willing to help. Now, add on top of that, you're an atheist. And uh, that's, that's kind of like strike three. That's a, that's a much taller mountain to overcome. Uh, for white people in America, I would say that religion is an option. Now, don't get me wrong. Atheism, whether white or black, it's still the least trusted demographic in America. But a white person can manage in society most of the time and be an atheist. They've, they've got one thing against them, and it's a big thing. You're a black person and an atheist. you got two big things against you, and you're a black person and you're handicapped and you're an atheist. You've got three things against you. Now, you can't hide the fact that you're a black person in America because, you, you know, you just are. So that's not something that you can uh, hide. I'm not going to come out as a black man. I am a black man. <laughs> I'm, I'm out it every time I walk out of uh, my house. I... I can't hide the fact that I'm disabled. Now, I try. I'm one of those people who tries to, to fit in and not look blind. It, it, it doesn't work. I am blind. Um, but I, I try to not look blind. But, you know, that's going to come out. So these are two strikes against me that I cannot hide. I am going to try to not accentuate the fact that I'm also an atheist. If someone walks up to me on the street and uh, they get in a conversation about God and they say, God bless you, I'm probably going to say, God bless you too. Because the last thing I want to do is get into an atheist battle uh, in public. And so I don't actually talk about it. Uh, my my family knows that I'm an atheist, so I don't even talk about it with them. Um, so they know and we just pretend that it's a thing that's that's not a thing uh it was it was a tough decision for me to start a blog called beyond religion and talk about these things honestly and then to to link it to my facebook account that was that was a very hard decision for me so i can i can say that as an atheist even though uh i'm somewhat of an activist i'm i'm still a little bit in the closet <laughs> so there not everyone in in my society uh knows who i am and what i believe because it is it is a hard thing to do especially when you're when you're black and you're overcoming some other stuff uh the black community i mentioned that that religion is kind of an option in in white america in the black community religion is not really an option Religion, religion is the foundational core, especially in, in Southern black community. It's the, it's, it's the foundational core of community. You can be almost anything else as a black man. You can be a gang member as a black man, but you will have more standing in black society if you're a gang member who also declares Christianity than if you were a decent person who declares atheism. Declaring atheism is in some ways declaring against your race. And so I know that that's that's a little bit hard to understand uh, and fathom when you're not wearing this particular skin. This is why 
it's so different for black atheists. In fact, you don't you don't see a lot of public black atheists. I, I know that there's some out there, but you don't see it a lot. It's it's very difficult. And a lot of the black celebrities, they are so heavily tied to uh, their church, usually Christianity, but sometimes Islam. Uh, and part of that is because it's just baked into the fabric of the community. It's it's even if you are not particularly religious yourself, if you're a black person, you are somehow, uh, you know, you're you're one no more than one degree removed uh, from religion. You you can never really fully uh, get it out of your life. It is a part of the community, and so uh, yeah, black atheism is a is a really tough thing, and. I think that we will talk about that a little bit more. I don't know how much of my audience is black or how much of my audience uh, is familiar with black people who are uh, atheists, but when you meet one, just understand that they're walking probably a very different road than you are. And whatever you think is hard about atheism, it is most likely a lot harder for them. Okay, let's, uh, let's look at another piece of mail from the mailbag. This one comes from Evan Davids. That's Evan Davids. Plural of David? I guess no. Evan Davids. It's a good name anyway. Good, solid name. Evan uh, sent in a note and it says, David, I'm enjoying the podcast. I thought I'd share this Here's a brief video I made which highlights some of the ways that the fall and original sin are incompatible with the reality that science has uncovered. And uh, he leaves a link. It will be in the show notes. It is a video uh, entitled, Why Do Christians Fight Against Evolution? But it really is about the incompatibility of the fall and evolution, so a bit of an extension of what we uh, talked about in Supplemental 3, uh, Feedback on Original Sin. And I said that I wouldn't be bringing up uh, Supplemental 3 uh, comments, but I, I had to include this one. This one is a very, very well done video. I encourage all of the listeners to uh, click on the link and take a look at it. In fact, I have uh, reached out to Evan uh, to see if he wouldn't, excuse me, provide the uh, text of this video for me so that I can put it up as its own blog post. And in fact, I'd like to maybe even do uh, a major section of feedback about this. So I'm not going to say much about it now because I think that we'll be revisiting uh, this. But thank you very much, uh, Evan. Uh, for the feedback. I also want to mention uh, one other. I won't call by name right now, but uh, I got a piece of feedback uh, from one of the listeners who wrote a book. I, I can tell you now, whether you are a skeptic or seeker, if you have written a book uh, and you happen to be in this community, I'm going to read it. Send, send it to me and I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to devote uh, an entire feedback show to uh, review his book, and uh, I'm only partway through it, but it is most excellent uh, so far, so that's going to be one that's uh, going to come up in the next uh, week or two. Uh, so 
all of you people who have some creativity, please send that along, and uh, I'll be glad to highlight that uh, as best I can. This week's Creative Corner comes from Evan Davids, and uh, again, I will post that video in the show notes. Now we got a little bit of feedback from the Roundtable uh, podcast that we did, uh, combining Skeptics and Seekers and Ask Me Atheist Anything. That's the one with me, Dale, Andrew, and Matthew Taylor. Uh, in fact, we have done a second one of those since then. It's probably not posted right this moment, but check the podcast, check your feed. It's coming uh, within a day of this one, so either... Either it came a day before this one or it's coming a day after this one. Uh, but uh, so round round table part two uh, is coming up. But uh, I did get a, p- uh, a bit of feedback. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't mention the name of the feedbacker. Um, I think it was Tony, but I'm, I don't remember. I don't know if it's just me, but I got long periods of silence in this. I think when I should have been hearing David talking, had to give up in the end. Well, um, so, sorry about that. Uh, I, I did communicate with him. We did sort out the problem. And I, I wanted to let you know, because he may not have been the only one who had this problem. For whatever reason, uh, and I, I used a, a new piece of software to record Skype, and so it was a four-way Skype call. Uh, and it ended up with this strange stereo mix, which I was not expecting. Now, I used the same Skype uh, software to record my podcast with Randall, and everything worked out just fine. So I didn't uh, have any reason to expect uh, this kind of anomalous behavior. But uh, when we recorded four people, uh, it it just had a it had a, this strange mix, and for whatever reason, all of my voice was panned all the way to the left uh, in in the headphones. I think it was the left. Um, so if you were listening to this and you were wearing uh, ear earplugs with only one ear, the right ear, you would have not heard anything that I said. And this was the case uh, with the person posting here. So uh, just a word to the wise, when you're listening to the roundtables, you might want to use both earpieces, just in case the strange panning happens again. I will try to get inside of the settings of all of this and see what uh, what happened and see if there's a way to correct it. I have not yet listened to Roundtable Part 2 to see if that happened again, but just in case you get some kind of anomaly right, like that, it is a stereo mix. If you're listening to it with headphones, you will probably hear one voice all the way on one side. Um, so that's going on. If you listen to it just over speakers, you, you should hear everything just fine. Um, but I, I apologize for the inconvenience, and uh, we will try to adjust that in the future. I really didn't have a chance to do anything with it this time around. So, uh, again, I'm not sure how it turned out, but all of the content is there. It's just uh, mixed in a kind of a funny way. Uh, speaking of Tony, uh, he left a comment, uh, under progressive, uh, revelation, the podcast that I did with Randall. And I wanted to, uh, read out this from him. Uh, I would say that I believe, uh, I'm sorry. I would say that I before E except after C 
is of a somewhat different character than thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. For example, I before E except after C never got anyone killed. I also don't think that progressive revelation sits comfortably with holy books that can never be altered. It fits very nicely with books that can be reinterpreted in time with the mores of the current era, however. Uh, He puts in quotes, There is presumably inherent value in gradually acquiring information through a process of individual and corporate discovery, which would not exist if that information were immediately infused into the human population. He's quoting uh, Randall's article here. Now, presumably, there is even more inherent value in a complete revelation at the outset that doesn't privilege one group over another. Why should I receive a revelation of God that is less complete when my great-great-grandchildren will presumably receive a more complete revelation? And come to think of it, why is there a trend in many countries, for example, in the U.K., away from Christianity. If the revelation available now is more complete than the revelation available to the more pious ancestors of those living today. I think it's a very good point, and uh, I appreciate your take on this, uh, Tony. More to the point, I hope that others take you up on it, and uh, I, I look forward to seeing the conversation Uh, that ensues. So thank you uh, very much, uh, Tony. And with that, we're going to uh, close out with some acknowledgments. These are not comments. These are people who have given us likes and follows. Uh, Chris Nicholas liked the uh, supplemental uh, number three feedback on Original Sin. Like I've said, we've gotten a lot of feedback on Original Sin. So that feedback is probably going to get its uh, own show. Michael Brady uh, gave us a like uh, on uh, The Journey Begins. Uh, Mage1999 liked uh, Does the Resurrection Prove Christianity the Issue of Subsumability? And uh, we also got a like from Anansi2050 uh, on the evil god dilemma. Thanks, uh, thanks to all that, folks. And uh, we got some uh, follows as well. Those, so you can you can upgrade if you like from a like to a follow. And when you follow the post, uh, not only do you get a notification every time we post something, and we post things not only on a regular weekly uh, schedule, but randomly throughout the week. And so you might, in fact, want to follow so that you don't feel like you've, you've missed anything. So Richard Morgan, by the way, Richard Morgan, thanks a lot. Uh, he's been all over uh, the comments uh, in the various segments. Um, lots of lots of conversation for Richard. You can also find him over on the Unbelievable Board. He's been uh, posting like a madman over there. So thanks, Richard, uh, for uh, your uh, your input and your follow. Travis R uh, also gave us a follow. He has a um, he has a blog, A Measure of Faith. Um, Darren Lute uh, has uh, a Nancy. 2050. Uh, I will put these uh, links in the show notes. Uh, Tony uh, uh, has uh, not only commented and not only has given us a like, but he's also given us a follow. Uh, he, he also has a website, but it's been discontinued. So uh, Tony and Richard, 
pick up on those websites. Get get some content going there. I'll be glad to mention them. Now, Limey, uh, who is also one of the writers of Still Unbelievable, has a very interesting blog, Confessions of a Yek. In case uh, you are unfamiliar with that, confession, uh, a YEC, Y-E-C, simply stands for Young Earth Creationist. So it's not a pejorative term. It's just a funny, funny word when you say it like that. Um, but um, yeah, con- confessions of an atheist, it actually, uh, or, or confessions of a YEC, confessions of a former YEC is actually what it is, since he's actually an unbeliever now. And I identify... Uh, with Limey and his blog, because when I was a Christian, I was also a yek. So uh, you've probably figured that out by now. Uh, I want to thank Hayden Clark for his follow uh, and his blog, Help Me Believe. And uh, the final follow that I want to mention, because it's in there, I apparently followed um, Skeptics and Seekers myself, David Johnson, uh, and my blog that I mentioned earlier, Beyond Religion. Uh, even though I'm not updating it much, uh, I think it's probably a pretty good read if you want to get to know me. There's a few years worth of content there. So everything, uh, all of the people who followed who also have a blog uh, that's that's being actively updated, uh, I will put a link in the show notes so that people can follow you as well. Uh, if you've got anything to say about any of the programs, any of the comments, any of the hosts, or just... Uh, ramblings that you have at 3 o'clock in the morning when you wake up. Uh, Drop me a line. Skepticsandseekers at gmail.com or head to the blog skepticsandseekers.wordpress.com We can't wait to hear from you and if it's really good, we will probably do what we did for Joyce and also for Lisa and have an extended Uh, conversation about that thing. Thank you so much. See you next time.